0: Welcome to the Pilgrims Odyssey, your guide to life's wild ride. I'm your host Silwan Green. Every day we share incredible stories and valuable lessons on life and faith. Thanks for tuning in, and make sure to share this Odyssey with your friends and neighbors so all of us together can let our light shine. Welcome, friends, to another episode of the Pilgrims Odyssey. I'm your host Silwan great to be with you on this Thursday. Fantastic day here in Indiana. I think the high is 80. It's sunny. My family is at home playing. I can't wait to get back to them. Got an open gym, a basketball ahead of us. It's going to be awesome. Now, yesterday, I shared with you a little Martin Buber. We talked a little bit about meaning and mystery and I am now in the it world that technology has created. Getting further and further away from the mystery of life and relationships and closer and closer to the matrix where we just tie in and let technology tell us what to think. A dangerous place. Now I want to begin going back to a quote that I ended yesterday's program with from Martin Buber written in 1937 from his book, I and Thou. He warned, and he saw it firsthand, the rise of Nazi Germany. We know what were one of the things Hitler did to sort of woo the population of Germany. was modern developments, the Autobahn, their automobile industry, all sorts of things. Well, here's what Buber warned, living at that time of modern developments. Don't we find that modern developments have expunged almost every trace of life in which human beings confront each other and have meaningful relationships? See, it's a lot easier to confront someone in a productive way when you have a relationship because then even if it's an argument, you end it going, well, we're friends. In a healthy marriage, you know, a healthy marriage is filled with arguments. Because at the end of it, you know you're committed to each other, you know you have a relationship, and it's only through the confrontations, it's only through the healthy arguments that you get rid of those things that lurk in the back of our minds and separate us from others. Confrontation in the context of relationships is a good thing, but confrontation outside the context of relationships is a divisive thing. That's what happens in the it world. Everything becomes an object People become objects. People become numbers. People become labels. You see that in politics today. Well, how do we escape this? What do we do? Because you live in that world. You're a number to somebody. You're an object to somebody. You're constantly fighting it. Schools wanna make us objects, wanna prepare us to be part of the it world and modern developments and to be good little workers and good little followers. Churches succumb to it. Everybody does. What do you do? How do you fight back? I'm going to give you some things today to fight back, to overcome the it world and live in the spirit world, the world of mystery, the world of wonder, the world of miracles, the world where you can just walk out your door and look at the sky and go, yeah, that's it. That's life. As opposed to walking out your door and looking down at the ground and getting in your car and... Going to work and going in your office, succumbing to the it world. So, number one, working remotely has its advantages. Days off from school has its advantages. You are home. You can do what you want if you allow yourself. Make it a power place. One smart thing to do create a technology free zone. You know where you might do that? Your living room. Get rid of the TV. Get rid of the chargers and the outlets. Make it a place where you just sit and talk, where you sit and read books, where you play board games, where you force yourself, where you force you and your family to come in relationship to one another. There's no reason you can't do that. None. If you don't do it, it's just because maybe you want to be in the it world, maybe you want to be a sheep, maybe you want to be a lemming. That's your choice. But not in my house. We got a power place. Heck, my house, we have multiple power places. (laughs) Kids playing, running. Get off that table. (laughs) No, I don't want him on that table, but I'm sure glad he wants to get on it. You know what I mean? Number two, meet in small groups with friends at home. Do Bible studies, book studies, play dates, conversation with a friend of mine. Him and his family upset about all the restrictions at their church. Members of the church, including their priest, living like good members of the it world instead of people focused on mystery, meaning, spirit. He's like, what do I do about it? Well, he, he had told me about a friend that he was like-minded with, and I said, well, you know, you can do what you do. You can do a lot of what you do at church at home. Get together. Get together. Have a prayer service at home. Have a Bible study at home. Have a book study at home. Rather than banging your head against the wall of the it world, create your own. Do it at home. They're like-minded people. Come together. Heck, that's what the early church was. They met in people's homes. There's nothing wrong with that. Number three, get back to the land. What do I mean by that? Well, experience the wonder of creating something. Gardens. You know, one thing that has awakened in me in the last month, you know, I've always loved tomatoes, but I'm like most people. They didn't come out of a garden. I went to the store. You know, I got some tomato that was probably pumped full of chemicals and coloring agents, and even though it was good, it wasn't like mouth water and, oh, good. Well, a good friend of mine is a tomato expert. All kinds of varieties of tomatoes from his garden. He's been bringing them in, and I've been enjoying them, and let me tell you. I have rediscovered the joy of a little multi grain bread. Mayo on both sides. Fresh tomato, sliced, dripping with juices. Salt, fresh ground pepper. Oh, you bite into that, it drips down your chin. Life is good. All you need is an easy chair staring at the sky. And everything is all right. And in that moment, where does my head go? To people. I think back to my grandpa on my dad's side who grew tomatoes in greenhouses, out in his garden, something like 50 different varieties, now I know why. I think of my grandpa Fulton in Mississippi, his love for tomato and bacon sandwiches. That's all I needed yesterday was some bacon. But you know sometimes in the summer you get rid of the bacon, it's a little bit lighter and fresher with just the tomato and the mayo. Oh, I could go on. But get back to the land, grow something. This is what we've done for all of human history. When you're disconnected from the land, you lose something, and you don't need much. You could be in a city with a yard and you know, put down a tarp, grow some tomato plants, you're good to go, but get back to the land. So number one, take advantage of having so much time at home, make it your power place. Make, create technology-free zones. Two, meet in small groups with like-minded friends at your homes. Bible studies, book studies, play dates, Three, get back to the land, enjoy a tomato sandwich. Shall I revisit that description? And the mayo, and the interplay with the tomato, and the salt, and the pepper, oh my word. Number four, introduce yourself to your family and friends. (laughs) You think they know you, but do they? This is always one of the integral parts of my ladder up groups. A big part of it is just making each other known to each other where you grew up, what sports you liked when you were young, what your favorite movies are, what your dreams were, what you thought your life was going to be, what it's like now. Make yourself known. It's a powerful tool. You always talk about empathy and communication and relationships, but one of the best ways to build both of that is just to make yourself known. Do your kids really know you? Do, Do your kids know what your dreams were when you were their age? Do they know what you struggled with? Do they know what disappointed you? They probably don't. Do they know what questions of faith you struggled with? They probably don't. How well does your spouse really know you? You know, after the courting phase of a relationship with nowadays goes by in a flash, how much time did you really spend getting to know each other? Make yourself known. Be intentional about it. And then finally, fifth thing you can do to overcome the it world to create the I and now world of relationship and community and spirit. Journal and set goals with a pencil and paper. Put that computer away. Get a notebook, get a pencil, write it down. It's a powerful thing. According to a 2018 New York Times report, studies have found that journaling, just writing stuff down, getting it out of your head, boosts mindfulness, boosts memory, boosts communication skills. If you got to write it out eloquently, you're going to speak better. Better sleep, stronger immune system, higher self-confidence, and a higher IQ, all from journaling. And see, what I have found is, is when you journal, when you get those thoughts out, it becomes easier to approach other people. you got more to talk about. You've worked on it. You know what's important to you. And then as you get those thoughts out, one of the greatest things to do with those thoughts is organize them. Set goals. Make lists. Share them with other people. Heck, that's what your small group could do that meets at your home. You could just talk about each other's journals. What a great way to be known. Five things you can do right now. Make your home a power place. Create technology-free zones. Meet in small group with friends. Do Bible studies, book studies, play dates. Get back to the land. Learn to enjoy the wonder of a fresh-picked watermelon, a tomato sandwich, cucumbers from your own garden and hummus, salsa made from your own hot peppers and tomatoes, you get it. Introduce yourself to your family and friends. Take this time to get to know each other in a deeper way. You'll draw closer together, you'll get better at communication, and five, write it all down. Take all that information, set goals, move forward, share it with other people. Everything gets better. Life gets more mysterious. Miracles happen. Possibilities grow and emerge where you didn't think they existed. It's all good. So I'm going to end a couple of verses from Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 24 and 25 let us consider how we may spur, that's what I'm trying to do, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. See, that was 2,000 years ago, and they still gave up meeting. Why? Because probably the world took them over, the it world. But encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, all the more, We see what's happening. We see what's approaching. We see the news. All the more reason to do these things. So let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more, as you see the day approaching, get on it. Get on it. Fight back against the it world, the object world, the world that wants to put computer chips in your head. Fight back. I just gave you five ways to do it. It ain't hard. Just do it. I'm here with you. As always, until next time, aim high, my friends. Spread your wings. And keep your eyes on the things that matter. I just gave you five. You can come up with some more talk more about it tomorrow on Friday's program ought to be a great day I'll talk to you then I am your host Siloan, and as always peace you've been listening to the Pilgrim's Odyssey make sure you comment, share and like this podcast so all of us together can let our light shine for books, videos and more content from me, your host please visit Silouan.com that is Silouan, silouan.com. Until your next visit on the Pilgrim's Odyssey, I'm your guide on life's wild ride, Silouan Green.